Hi, this is Annie Fox for Family Confidential, Secrets of Successful Parenting. My guest today is Lenore Skenazy. Lenore is the author of Free Range Kids, How to Raise Safe, Self-Reliant Children Without Going Nuts with Worry. She is also the host of the new reality show on Discovery Life Channel called World's Worst Mom, which is about training overprotective and anxious parents to give their children more independence. Hi, Lenore. Welcome to Family Confidential. Thanks, Annie. Hi. <laughs> I wanted to talk to you as soon as I heard about your book, Free Range Kids, because I was raised by a rather anxious mother. And uh, she seemed to get more anxious as I moved into the tween and teen years. Mm -hmm. And um, I am not that kind of mom and wanted to know, uh, first of all, I know you have a new reality show that's on the Discovery Life channel called World's Worst Mom. Um, How did you get that accolade? (laughs) You seem like a pretty nice person. (laughs) Ah, little do you know. I got the name six years ago already when I let my nine-year-old ride the subway by himself. Uh And I wrote a column about it. I'm a newspaper columnist by trade. You can hear all the New York traffic behind me. Um, Anyways, he was safe, even with New York surrounding him. And um, people who didn't think that I had done the right thing called me America's worst mom. And then when this reality TV show came calling, they they gave me a promotion to world's worst mom. So I guess... (laughs) I must wear it proudly. You're right up there next to right. the universe. <laughs> That's right, right, right. Alien mom. Um, when you wrote the column, Lenore, um, were you thinking that you had done something revolutionary by letting him ride the subway alone? I didn't think it was revolutionary. I knew it was a little controversial because I didn't write about it immediately. He'd taken the subway and I was just happy about it and so was he. And it wasn't until about a month and a half later that I even considered writing a column because by then... I had talked to some of the other fourth grade moms about it, and and there, <laughs> there was more skepticism than I'd expected. And um, a lot of them were planning to wait till their kids were thirty eight or thirty nine. <laughs> if even <And> I, then, <laughs> right, right, right. Uh, and so I wrote my column explaining why I thought it was fine for him to do something on his own. I see. Okay, and um, he probably loved the opportunity and proved himself to be responsible. In that instance, yes, yes, <laughs> right. yes. Well, we Not know. Not perfect kid. Nobody is. Uh, no, but wonderful. Uh, I think it's really interesting that, um, you know, we kind of live in an age of parental anxiety. Maybe moms more than dads, not so sure about that, but that's my gut sense. No, I'm positive you're right. And and not to, not to say that there aren't anxious dads, but I'd say the moms outweigh them three to one. Yeah. And I so I'll tell you, just to give you a bit of background, for the last almost 18 years, I've been on the receiving end of email from tweens and teens from around the world. Oh. And so they tell me what it feels like from their perspective um, to be on such a short leash, to be, feel like their parents are treating them as if they are six when they are, in fact, 15. Mm-hmm. And- I would love to hear some of those letters because I really do, you know, people say, well, why not be better safe than sorry? I'm like, you know, something is lost. It's not a zero sum here. Yeah. Yeah, well, I so I, I watched a few clips of your show, and I think it's brilliant. I, I, I think that what you do that is so helpful is to help parents relax and also to understand that in their hypervigilance, they may be robbing their kids of some really special opportunities to um, be challenged and to problem solve and to, to use their good judgment. You know, it, it's interesting that you mentioned about how the – the teens feel like they're being treated like they're six-year-olds. The families that I was visiting, and remember, I I do 13 families over the course of 
world's worst mom. Um, they were chosen for me because they were extremely anxious. And these are moms who I feel are treating their children almost not as if they're six, as if they're babies. I mean, I was just watching one of the episodes this morning and the woman kept referring to her, her nine-year-old as like, my baby, I don't want my baby out of my sight. How's my baby? It's like, he's nine. And, and so what I would have us, the parents do in, in all the episodes is basically sit back, sometimes almost with me sitting on them, um, while the kids went out and did something that used to be normal for a kid that age to do, that nobody would think twice about. Uh, you know, running an errand, learning how to ride a bike, walking to school, a four-minute walk to school. And the parents were so, so very anxious. And I guess that anxiety was because they were really imagining almost a two-year-old doing these things. And they didn't realize, like, your child was two. Now he's 16. There was one mom who ran after her 16-year-old son, literally her 16-year-old son. This was in today's episode, with an Elmo juice box. He's six foot two. And, and how did the 16-year-old respond to this? You know, it was interesting. In that family, he was very, I would say, shut down. Uh, his mom would ask him questions. Like, finally, we let, we let him go to a party. We, I, and, and of course, the camera crew <laughs> let him go to a party. And, um, and she asked, how was it? It was fine. Well, how many people there? A bunch of people. I mean, I think he just, you know, at some point, your soul hurts that your mother doesn't see you for who you are. And... To try not to be incredibly mean or resentful, you just you just limit the interaction. At least that's what it looked like with this kid. There was another kid in a, in a recent episode, the nine-year-old who wasn't allowed to um, like leave the driveway, basically, and and he reacted in a different way. He was he kept throwing tantrums. He 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 was being treated like a baby, and so he responded like a baby. Well, I can, I can't blame the kids for I being don't. resentful. Yeah. Um, especially if they have any means of comparison to what is normal for kids my age, what I see my friends and my peers doing. Um, and yet mom, again, we're going back to mom, seems yeah. so just stuck in this anxiety. Yeah. I feel yeah. for her too. Oh, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's like, I, I don't, you know, I don't blame the kids for being resentful, but I don't blame the parents, moms or dads for being extremely terrified because I feel like we live in a society that is shoving fear down our throats at yes. every second. It's almost like, I feel like I could pick up anything. I, I remember here, I'm just picking up this magic marker that's on my desk. Cause I remember when my kids were in grammar school at one of the PTA meetings, one of the moms raised her hand and said, why are we using dry erase markers? They emit a scent and isn't that going to corrupt their endocrine system? And aren't they going to end up with cancer? And it's like, if you can worry about a magic marker because you've seen something on the internet or if you can worry your kid is drinking from a plastic bottle, not a baby, you know, not a, not a glass bottle. Or if you can worry that your kid is waiting at the bus stop with three other kids, but there's no adults there. Um, and, and there are, there are all sorts of forces making you think that those worries are natural and mm -hmm. necessary. Uh, one of my favorite examples from this past year in terms of overweening craziness is Rhode Island, uh, four representatives in Rhode Island proposed a law that would make it illegal for a child to wait at the school bus stop, anybody under seventh grade, so that's anyone 12 and under, without a parent waiting with them in the morning and without a chaperone waiting in the afternoon to walk them home. 
Well, please tell me this bill did not pass. It did not pass. I think one of the reasons it didn't pass is because I got, a, you know, sort of a decent amount of publicity and people started, you know, That's protesting. Ridiculous. But I'm sure that the representatives who were proposing it didn't think like, how can I make life almost impossible no. for working moms? They were thinking, how can we make children safer and how can we show that we care? And, you know, there was that kid who was kidnapped once from a bus stop. And so why should we ever let a kid yeah. be at a bus stop again? And that's that's the way our society tends to view almost anything bad happening to a kid. If it happened once anywhere, no matter how uh, unusual or anomalous the circumstances, let's just ban it. Let's not let kids wait in the car ever alone again because sometimes some kids die after hours and hours in a car. Let's not them, let them wait even five minutes in a car. That's yeah. the kind of society we live in. I know. And, and so I'm, I'm taking the point of view of a parent who wants to do what's right. And her, his or her number one job is to keep my child safe. I agree. And as you say, I'm, I'm being bombarded yeah. with, with these images and these stories and a constant right. diet of fear-evoking um, situations that have happened maybe in the next town, the next state, whatever. Or maybe and I, thousands of miles away and right? they show and up I per- on TV. I personalize it because I'm a parent right. and... Um, I feel uh, I, I feel trapped in my anxiety. So mm-hmm. how can you give help to these parents mm-hmm. where you're saying, okay, I can say to you, you're not you're not serving your child's development yeah, by being this way. And they're saying, I know, I know, I'm being yeah, crazy, yeah. but I can't help it. Um, that, that, how do you that, help them unclench their fists and their minds? How? And their shoulders. My and their shoulders. And their hearts. Nervous. Right, right, right. <gasps> and as a nervous mom, first of all, nobody believes I'm a nervous mom, but um, my son just got his license, the subway rider. Now okay, got his now that's really something to be nervous about. <laughs> I, I'm very, very um, sickeningly nervous about that. Um, the... You know, there's all sorts of resources that you can read about that times today are safer than they ever were before. We're back to the crime rate of 1963. If you were born after that, your your childhood was in less safe times than your own child is now. now. But mm-hmm. that doesn't matter to anybody. It doesn't I mean, matter. I've watched, yeah, I've watched this not you know make any impression on anybody for six years. So what I have realized works, and and I realized it sort of through the TV show, is that the only thing that changes parents isn't alas me, my book, my blog, nothing. The children. Can change the parents. And what you do need um, is to steal yourself for, for once to let your kid do something that they feel they're ready for. And whether that's walking to school or, or running an errand for you or even going into the men's room. And on my television show, I had a mom with a 13-year-old son who still took him into the ladies' room. I saw that one. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. She was so happy at the end. I should run into the, I mean, right at my kitchen. I should show you the mug she gave me when we were done of her whole family. She was so grateful because what I did with her family, what I do with all these families is I take the children away and off they go. And, and we see it. They either see a little videotape. The parents see a little videotape of the kid, like, going into the bathroom and then coming out. And they go, oh, wow, that's cool. Or even better... With that family, there were children 13, like 10 and 8, something like that. And I had them go down the block beyond where the mom could see them and have a lemonade stand. And when they had that lemonade stand and they came back home and the mother's been anxious the whole time and angry at me and, you know, why are you laughing? This is not a funny thing. I was like, I didn't think I was laughing. Maybe I was. <laughs> but anyways, they come in, they go, oh, we just had the greatest time. We made $23 and we sold so much lemonade and we forgot to put the sugar in it. Oh, my God, everyone was jealous. We got to have the lemonade stand. They didn't. When the parent sees that, they can't help but smile because right. they're so proud and they're remembering their own childhood and look at what my kids can do. And it's only that that like switcheroo from my kid is going to get killed if he's down the block and I can't see him to 
look what my kid can do. I'm so proud of them. It's, it's the, it's the, the only thing that works is breaking the old image of the child as vulnerable baby and replacing it with something that's even more fulfilling for a parent, which is this competent, blossoming young man or woman. And, and the only thing that does that is seeing the kid himself. Okay, well, you've got kind of a double whammy here because seeing the kid, him or herself, being independent and the competent, emerging young adult that they are becoming mm-hmm. and letting go of your fear are sometimes in conflict. So short of having the <laughs> Norskenazi come to your house. <laughs> I, I, yeah, which of course you can. I actually do do free-range house calls. If you look me up, free-range house calls. Um, but, but I'm wondering <laughs> what tips you can give for yeah. my podcast viewers. Um, mm-hmm. It's like... They know this, what they're doing is wrong, and they, they really feel out of control with their I anxiety. Understand. No, I understand. That's how anxiety is. And, and really, I'm not a psychiatrist or psychologist or anything. Years of therapy, um, but not a psychologist myself. But what I am, what it sounds like I'm doing from what I've read is that this is like the exposure therapy, like something that you're afraid of and you expose yourself to it. Well, how do you expose yourself to it? Um, it's hard to do it alone. And I'm not going to come to everyone's house. So what I've started doing is having asking schools to do what I call the Free Range Kids Project. And that is a school will take on this idea that um, all the teachers are going to tell the kids today, um, okay, when you go home, that's my exchange student, Italian exchange student in the back there. He's 17. He's away from his whole country. Oh, well, now he's pretty independent yeah. and his yeah. parents are letting him be here. Yay. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> All right. So anyway, let me just quickly explain the, the free range kids project, which is so great. So, so the teachers tell the kids, okay, today I want you to go home. Think about something that you feel like you're ready to do that for one reason or another you haven't done yet. And um, with the school endorsing this idea and the school psychologists are usually on board and the counselors and obviously the principal has said yes, then um, it becomes easier for the parent to say, okay, just this once. Because it's a one-shot It's a homework deal. assignment. It's a homework assignment. They're used to it. They're good parents. They know what to do. You're supposed to do something, you know, if it's assigned to you. And also, I'm not saying for now on you have to let your kid walk to school. No, that would never work. I'm saying do it once. Do it once. And I have here, like literally here, like a stack of um, these are the responses from parents who have done the project. This was at a, a school in Menlo Park. And they say, like, you know, my kid made breakfast for us. This was a third grader. And now she's, you know, pride. And what do you what did you get from it? Pride and joy and a great meal made from love of my beautiful girl. And and then it just goes on and on. All these parents who weren't willing to let their kids bike their, you know, ride their bike to school or run an errand, it's so quick. It's so quick because to change because the fear that they feel, this excessive fear of doing even like of having your kid walk around the block is not, you think it's natural, but it's actually been sort of brainwashed into you. And this is a way to break up from, wake up from the, from the brainwashing. And on my show, at the very beginning, when I go there, I, I sit with the kids and I say, what aren't you allowed to do? And I write this big, you know, uh, poster. We're not allowed to, not allowed to ride a bike, not allowed to, you know, use the microwave, not allowed to walk to school, not allowed to cut my own food, whatever, on and on and on and on. And then at the end, when I show the parents that same gigantic list, I mean, I watched one woman go like this. She had, she had lost track of all the rules. She, she couldn't remember why she'd made those rules. They seemed crazy to her now. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so that to me it just gives me great hope because it's the fear 
fear is normal in parents, but this overweening worry about absolutely every aspect of our children's lives, that is soup that's been shoved out of what is it it's like superficial it's you know it's it can break it's like a very thin layer of glass and it can break okay so it sounds like if um your school is not involved in the free range kids project get it um, involved <laughs> get it involved yes. but just from listening to this this mm-hmm. podcast um mm-hmm. my viewers and listeners could say you know i recognize myself in the kind of parent that lenore is is describing here mm-hmm. um Sounds to me like it would be helpful if we had a family meeting tonight and I asked my kids to make a list of all the things they have gotten from me in terms of you're not allowed to do this and make that list so they kind of um, facilitate the kind of intervention that you do, but you're not there. Mm-hmm. So you can idea. you can ask your kids and say um, – I, I'm starting to think that maybe I'm a little too restrictive. You think, Mom? <laughs> <Really>? Please <laughs> make a list for me. For I'd like role. to see. Mm-hmm. I'd like to see all the things that you believe you're not allowed to do. Yeah, or even just you know, it doesn't have to be this long thing because then it could start getting like like feeling like they're they're ganging up on Mom. And it's like, oh, okay. and she doesn't let me. And she makes me do this or whatever. It could just be the the one thing that you feel you're ready to do. Um, that's that's not bungee jumping. Um, that for one reason or another, you know, we you haven't done yet. Maybe I've been reluctant or maybe you haven't thought about it for long enough. So so that is the free range. You know, that's the same thing that you'd be asking through the school. But, yes, you could just do it. And you know what? It's sometimes hard to do things alone. So find another mom who you like a lot and say, what do you think of this idea? You know, I heard about this free range kids project. You know, what do you think? And if they say yes, then maybe you could do it together. And maybe when you send their kids out to – to walk to the park or something. That would you probably be, be easier. Yeah. It would be easier. You could be having a cup of coffee with her. And even your kids could be together if you have one child or, you know, one child's much older than your younger one and you only want to send the older one out. You know, so send them out with a friend because that, that helps everybody. It's really good. I'm so glad you're doing this, Lenore, yeah. because I could, I could hear and feel shoulders relaxing all <sighs> around the world as they go, yeah. Um, because... Obviously, when you're parenting from this anxiety place, you're not enjoying parenting. No, no. That was the other thing, too. I was thinking that I was watching the show again, and I was thinking, ooh, sorry, there go my earbuds. One sec. See, things can go wrong, and it's still okay. People forget that, too. Nothing has to be perfect. Um, <laughs> but I was thinking that they should they should market this as like uh, that I'm like a facelift. <laughs> because if you look at the, the – after I finish with a family, and usually they're very happy, 12 of the 13 families changed – to the point where they were unrecognizable from the first time. But then the camera crew would go back like a month or two later to see what was happening. Uh-huh. Like the boy who hadn't been allowed to bicycle at all. He'd never been allowed to learn how to ride He's a bike. He's now doing the Tour de France. <laughs> he wasn't, but he did spend two weeks that summer in BMX bike camp. So that's oh, pretty close. Right. And funny you should mention Tour de France because afterwards he went to France. But anyways, my point is that the moms look great. <laughs> they they were look happier. better. They, were they just relaxed. don't look like this, they were crying so much when I was with them because you, because our minds have been sort of trained to do what I the, the phrase I'm trying to popularize is called worst first thinking. Go to that worst place catastrophizing first yeah. catastrophize. Yeah, I know. I guess the word already exists, yeah. but it's basically it's like imagine your kid, you know, tied up or on the street, you know, hit by a car. You're really you're expected to go to that place if you're a good mom today. That's why I feel this, soup, this fear is superimposed. We, my mom didn't have to think of me dead every time she let me walk to school. The way I feel like parents are told, like, aren't you worried? What if something terrible happens? I feel like that's the narrative today that we have to, to pull back on. Um, but when you stop thinking that way, 
it's, it's such it's like the war is over it's your happy right. days are here again great it's really good it's it's a wonderful antidote to this other stuff which is toxic and it, it is you know toxic. you're just pushing your kids away from you which is just the opposite yeah, of what you really <laughs> want so we've got about 30 seconds left and i'm mm-hmm. wanting you to give our viewers an opportunity to find out more about your work so oh. where can they find you online Oh, well, I'm pretty darn easy to find. Let's see, there's Free Range Kids, the blog, Free Range Kids, the book, Free Range Kids, the Twitter feed, and um, and if you want me to come speak at your school, that's the only way I make my living. Uh, you just go to Free Range Kids and you look at speaking engagements. So it's freerangekids.com. Freerangekids.com. Yeah. Thank you, Lenore, <laughs> so much for this time. Um, I'm I'm sure this is going to hit the hearts and minds of a lot of people in a good way. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. And you know what? Tell, tell me. I mean, if you try this, write me a letter. I'm really easy. I just press the contact button and I'll, I'll hear from you. I'll cheer you on. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks, Annie. Bye. This is Annie Fox for Family Confidential. To learn more about my parent and family coaching, visit AnnieFox.com. And please check out my book, Teaching Kids to Be Good People, Progressive Parenting for the 21st Century, and my latest book, For Tween Girls, the girls' Q&A book on friendship. 50 ways to fix a friendship without the drama. And if you like this podcast, we ask that you review it on iTunes. It may be a little thing to you, but it means an awful lot to us. And tune in when my guest will be Dr. Susan smith Kuzmarski. Dr. Kuzmarski is the author of Becoming a Happy Family, Pathways to the Family Soul. Family Confidential Podcast is produced by Electric Eggplant creators of books and apps for parents, kids, tweens, and teens. Until next time, happy parenting.